I felt that God wants to do some specific things today. Restore first love. When you first came to Jesus, I don't know if you got tired or, or you know, how you're feeling right now, but do you remember how wonderful, you know, remember your baptism, you know, how amazing. And let's believe the Lord to take us back there today. Amen. To uncover the years that the locust has eaten, maybe. So let's pray for that. You know, Father, we just stand before you in the name of your son. We give you all the glory and praise. And we, we pray for that first love, Lord, to rise in our hearts today. Lord, we shake off the dust in the name of Jesus. Yes. We worship you, Lord. Yes. We worship you in Jesus' precious name. And all the people said, amen. amen. So let's shake it off. Taylor Swift, shake it off. <laughs> you gotta shake it off. <laughs> You're shaking it. No, you just, there you go. I had a prophecy before I came up. The Lord says, I don't want you to coast. I don't want you to walk. I want you to run. It's time to run again. Like you have never run before. Somebody say amen. It doesn't matter how old you are. You got the Holy Ghost in you, you can run. Amen. God is good all the time. I got, some, I got a overhead today. We're going to put that on if we may. And uh, this is called, don't worry, next slide. I've got you covered. All right. So, all right. I sort of squeezed two sermons into one, so I'm going to go quickly through these. All right. So next slide, please. All right. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body. It's to what or what you shall put on. Life is uh, not more than food. Is life not more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They do not sow. They don't reap nor gather crops in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more important than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a simple day to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor. They do not spin, you know, thread or cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Next slide, please. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. Somebody say amen. Amen. Could you go to the previous slide if you, if you can? That's it. Thank you so much. Uh, being in Israel, we uh, stop at the uh, 
Sermon on the Mount, the place where Jesus preached that sermon. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, 5, 6, and 7, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, this is portion of that. And he's saying here, uh, you know, don't be worried about clothes. Notice how the lilies of the field uh, grow and they do not labor, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all his glory is arrayed like one of these. You know, uh, as we stood there, I don't remember, uh, don't know, David, if you remember, but we were there and I was reading this and the fields were full of poppies at that year. And if you look in the Greek, for lilies, it probably was poppies. So that makes a lot of sense, you know, that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like all of these. You can imagine a glorious red robe that we have. Why is it red? Because that's the blood of Jesus that has covered you and I. The reminder that without blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, that God had killed an animal and covered them. The fig leaves were not good enough. <laughs> they wouldn't be good enough today. They weren't good enough then. But, uh, you know, that God covered them with these animal skins. But, of course, there had to be shedding of blood. And that was a, a symbol of the fact that Jesus would die for me and for you. I got you covered. Amen? I got you covered. When he was arrested, uh, that Herod uh, uh, interviewed him and gave him one of his robes and mocked him as a king, sent him off to Pilate. He's got this robe on. Maybe it was red. I don't know what it was, but he had a, a, a robe, and that was, that was taken by the soldiers probably. But then he had an undergarment, this sort of toga thing, and it, it was seamless, you know, which was something very expensive back in those days because usually the, uh, the toga type thing would have a seam here and down the sides, but Jesus, his was seamless. And so the soldiers, when they got a hold of that, uh, they didn't want to tear it apart, you know, because it was one piece of cloth. And, and you can see back in those days, if the soldiers were interested to take a piece of cloth, how much clothing meant to people back then. They were, you know, fighting over it, arguing over it, but they, uh, you know, sort of, I don't know how they did it, threw dice or something, and that one of the soldiers took the garment away. But don't worry, I've got you covered, he said. The, the robe, the things we wear, seamless, seamless. A robe of righteousness, you know, covered by the blood of the Lamb. Don't worry, I've got you covered. I've got you covered. Let me have the next slide, if I may, or two slides on. That one. Anybody take sociology in, in uh, college or university? I did. You'll know about this, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know about it. Okay, so Maslow said these are the things that you need. Physical needs uh, like uh, water, food, shelter, uh, etc. That's at the bottom of, of the line. Clothing and sleep, everybody needs that. Jesus said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. I'll take care of you. How many of you have known that to be true, that he's taken care of you through the years? Come on, give God a shout today for <laughs> taking care of you. 
The next need is safety needs, personal security. Uh, you know, I'm going to look back here. I can't read my own thing. Employment resources, health and property, you know, uh, owning things, you know, important. Next is love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. And then there's esteem, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength and freedom, and self-actualization, the desire to become the best you that you can possibly become. Well, Maslow never put in there any spiritual needs. But if you notice, everything that is mentioned there, Jesus and, and our faith in him will provide all those things. Glory to God. Don't worry. I got you covered. I'm going to take care of it. You know, I, I heard somebody say, worry is just a, having faith in another God. And that's the devil. <laughs> Amen? You know, so... You know, God didn't say how to, how to do it. He said, just stop it. <laughs> Amen. You know, I heard about a psychiatrist many years ago who charged people five pounds. He says, what I'm going to tell you, he says, I'm just going to tell you once, you know, I'll take your five pounds. And he says, I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you. And he says, are you ready? And the person said, yes. He said, stop it. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. <laughs> We put our trust in Jesus. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Amen. Next slide, please. Okay. How do we stop worrying? Okay, everybody knows Psalm 23. Okay. I taught uh, Bible school for over 20 years. And I, I taught from a book. It really is good if you can get it. It's from Philip Keller. Uh, the uh, a shepherd looks at Psalm 23. He was a shepherd, and he just looked at everything here. I'm going to share some of those precepts with you, okay? Uh, uh, scripture, Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. In the Hebrew, it, it says something like, uh, I am Yahweh's sheep. I am Yahweh's sheep. I belong to the Lord. Amen. And uh, I am the good shepherd. Jesus said that in John 10. I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. When he was saying that, everybody in Israel knew what he was talking about, Psalm 23. In a sense, he was saying, I, yeah, I'm God. I am God. I am the good shepherd. I'll take care of you. So I am the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. I shall not want... You know, it doesn't mean you get the Tesla, or in my case, the Ford Mustang. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't mean you're going to get that, you know. But if, if Jesus is your shepherd, you will be satisfied. Are you satisfied? Are you happy? Are you content? Because if Jesus is your shepherd, he has promised contentment. He's promised you peace. He's promised to take care of your future and your family, whatever you put in his hands, he's able to keep. Somebody say amen. 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 I am the good shepherd. And we belong to the shepherd because we've been paid for. He bought you. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to the shepherd. And he paid good money for you. His own blood, sweat, and tears. He paid for you. I am Yahweh's sheep.
I am part of the fold. You know, sheep, God calls us sheep, and it's not very complimentary, really. You know, uh, we're sheep. Sheep always have a mob mentality. You know, they follow the uh, things. They have perverse ways. Stuff gets stuck to their wool. <laughs> you know? And uh, the shepherd has to come along, and he has to take care of them. I've seen two movies recently. There was one about I'm Only Men, it's called, and it, it talks about all the Nazi soldiers during the war and how could they be so cruel to all the Jewish people and everything. But, you know, and it's not even because they were following an idealism of Hitler or anything like that. It's just a spirit that you get pulled into. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, we're sitting here today you know, you don't know what you were capable of during that situation, you know, and the peer pressure, I found out something. They had the ability to say, no, I don't want to be involved in that. The Nazi soldiers had that ability. They could have backed out, and some did, but they're ostracized, you know, and they're given duties that aren't very good for a soldier. Uh, you know, it would be the same as a conscientious objector in this country you know, they were looked down upon every, by everybody else because they wouldn't fight, you know. So they didn't have to kill all the Jews. And the, and the ones that did, they volunteered to become police uh, so they wouldn't be sent to the front line, but they were required to shoot and kill all the Jewish people. And after the war was over, they were asking them why they did it. It wasn't because they were following Hitler or anything like that. It was a mob mentality. We have to be careful because we're getting pulled in to this worldly mob mentality. We, God says, you're set apart. You are my sheep. You are my flock. We are not like the world. We are aliens to this world. And you might think, oh, that was terrible of, of the German people, but uh, America had these prisoner of war camps where they tortured, uh, you know, su uh, terrorist suspects and things like that. And there was another movie called The Card Counter where uh, it was a fictitious story, but it pointed out something. And, and, and this guy was torturing uh, other people to get truth out of them and everything in the, in the military. Then after the military, he was arrested for being cruel. You know, only the, the people caught on video was sent to prison, you know, but everybody was doing it. You know, uh, Guantanamo Bay, you know, how does that happen? What kind of manset, mindset do people get into to torture another human being? You know, but that's a mob mentality. You know, it's not because they believe in that. Uh, it's a spirit that people get into. It's the spirit of this world. You know, it's the spirit of hatred. You know, it's the spirit uh, that we can all catch, you know, if we're not careful. But he, the Lord, has called us aside to be part of his flock. So sheep have a, a, a mob mentality, you know. They're also stubborn. <coughs> And they're stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, sheep are stupid. <laughs> say, and turn to him again and say, I'm not talking about you. 
All your wives are going like that, you know. All right. But Jesus said, my sheep I call by name. You are known. He delights in caring for the sheep. He is a good shepherd, and he loves us, and he'll take care of us. As I said, the, you know, the, the, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. You know, I will be satisfied. I will be content because I know he's looking after me. Amen? You know, uh, I, I felt that with my doctor in my GP. For many years, he just took his uh, personal interest in me now, but the NHS has changed, and I hardly ever get to see my doctor. You know what I'm saying? So I've lost some of that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, <laughs> I've lost some of that being under the shepherd's care, you know, and I miss that, you know, that personal thing. But with Jesus, he is still my shepherd. He's still your shepherd, and he's looking after us. I shall not be in want. The hireling doesn't look after the sheep. I, you know, there are many people in the ministry that are there, and they're not really pastoring. They don't have a shepherd's heart. You know, you got to have a shepherd's heart. What I'm talking about today is the thing that we all ought to be, you know, involved in, having a shepherd's heart, caring for the sheep, delighting in taking care of the sheep, and that sometimes is a process. <laughs> Amen. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Could you put that slide back up if you can? Keep that one on there. He makes me lay down in green pastures. Did you notice? He makes you lay down in green pastures. When everything's falling apart, he says, sit down, lie down. You know, uh, you know in order for you to be uh, comfortable in, in going down as a sheep, you're free from friction, uh, free from the budding order, you know, clashing with somebody else. And it happens in church. People will clash together. You know, sometimes God will allow that to happen. You know, he'll rub you with somebody else. Anybody ever got rubbed by somebody in church? Come on. All right, there's only one who is truthful today, you know. But uh, in the Old Testament, they used to take the stones outside because you weren't allowed to work inside the temple. So they take the stones outside and they rub them together till they got smooth. You know, so if you're rubbing, that God's got a process going on. He's going to cause you to be a little bit smoother so you can fit into the church together. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I can see some of you have been through it. All right, here we go. Uh, competition, free you from competition in the church. You know, uh, a shepherd uh, frees the sheep from competition. He breaks up fights. Oh, by the way, bottom sheep are more content. Do you know what that means? They mean they got a bigger bottom than the other sheep. <laughs> so look around. No, never mind. <laughs> Don't do that, okay? In order for you to sit down and relax and be comfortable when God makes you lie down in green pastures, you got to be free from pests like flies. You know, if the enemy is bothering you, tormenting you, in order for you to be restful before the king, you need to stand up against that. By the way, you know, you can ask Jesus to get rid of those, but he expects you to take a stand against the enemy yourself. Amen? You need to rebuke that demon. If you feel something's in front of you, you've got power and authority over that. Get rid of it. 
you know, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I remember Paul Scanlon said somebody called him up in the middle of the night, said, I think there's a demon in my house. He said, who do you think this is? Ghostbusters? You know, <laughs> you know. And she said, do you think I should rebuke it? He said, that's a good idea. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> you take care of it. I've given you authority. So in order for you to be peaceful before the king and to lie down in those green pastures, you got to take care of pests. You know, uh, they can also drive you crazy. That uh, A bug will get in a sheep's ear or up its nose, and it can drive you insane. You know, something just tormenting you. Realize what's getting at you. You know, it could be a tormenting spirit. You know, uh, a guy calls down to the hotel desk, uh, and the guy says, what's eating you? And he says, uh, he said, that's what I'd like to know. <laughs> he got fleas or something in, in the room. What's bothering you today? What's tormenting you today? Because the shepherd is here to take care of that. Say amen. amen. You know, you got to be free from hunger. Uh, I remember Jack Hayford, when he came, he said he was driving through the Nevada desert, and he, all these sheep, uh, stray sheep, were feeding out of tin cans and cutting their lips and things, you know. And he, he said that he just felt that uh, there are sheep in the church that are not getting fed, that are going away still hungry. You know, in order for you to lie down and be peaceful, you need to be fed in the name of Jesus. When you come away from a church service, you ask yourself, have I been fed today? Amen. Do I feel satisfied? Every service should be a Bethlehem. Something of Jesus should be born into that service every time you get together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because he is the bread of life. And he, only he satisfies. Amen. Amen. So sheep will eat junk. They'll eat everything. The, uh, the shepherd prepares the ground for, for you and me. He prepared uh, me living in England. I, I'm sure he's prepared you for wherever you're living. He's cleared the... The shepherd clears uh, the field with, from weeds and, and, and snakes and everything else so that you could comfortably live there and eat grass. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures is a place where uh, you can feed and be at peace and nothing tormenting you. That's, that's the place where you need to be. Amen. And that's where the shepherd is is taking you. He leads you by the still waters. You know that uh, the sheep's body is 70% water. Uh, they need a lot of water to keep going. They won't, uh, the shepherd will stop them from drinking from potholes and, and polluted water. You know, the good shepherd will tell you that's, that's not right. Amen. You know, you need to know your Bible so you don't start drinking from a well that's polluted. Amen. If, you know, if, it, if it's not giving you the answer and it's part of the problem, you need to look at that again, you know, and, and see what the Word of God says about what you're taking in. Amen? You need to know your Bible. Okay, so the shepherd will keep you from drinking from those potholes and he'll lead you to clean, clear water. He says, he leads me beside the still waters. Now, a sheep won't drink from waters that are moving. They're very timid animals, you know, so the shepherd leads them to still waters. 
still waters, quiet places for you and the shepherd. I hope you all have a place where you can meet with the shepherd. Amen? You know, it talks about a prayer closet. You don't actually have to go into a closet. You need to go into a place that's with you and Jesus and that you can be still before the Lord. Be still and know that I am God, and in quietness and confidence I will be your peace. Amen. Be still. Be still. I say that in the name of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Amen. So he leads us by the still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. The steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he falls, though he falls, he shall not be cast down. Now, uh, uh, cast is a shepherd word. When a sheep is cast, it's fallen over and it can't get back up, okay? And if it stays that way for a long time, its, its stomach will explode, you know? So the shepherd has to come along and, and, and pick the sheep up and stand it up and massage its legs and, and get the blood flowing again and everything and, and uh, just massage it all over to get it going again and then send it back into the flock. But when you fall down, and we all fall down, we all fall at times flat on our faces. But the shepherd has promised to come and pick you up and, you know, get your legs going again and, and put you back in the fold. Hallelujah. You know, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he falls, though he falls, he shall not be cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord will pick you up and get you going again. Anybody glad about that? Anybody been to that place where you've ran out of all your own strength? You have nothing left? That's when he comes and he causes you to stand again in Jesus' name. I think some of you are in that place today. You need the shepherd to come and just get you going again. You don't have any strength. Well, that's good news because it's not by your strength. It's by his strength. You know, somebody said years ago, I heard that salvation is like a Rolls Royce that God gives you, you know. And many of the Christians at the, you know, that he was talking about says they're going around pushing this Rolls Royce up the hill. Well, you should just get in and let God take you there. You became a Christian not because you could, but because you couldn't. Amen? When I say that again, you became a Christian not because you could, but because you couldn't. Anybody in that boat? You know, I'm standing here today because I couldn't, but he has. Amen. He will do. So he restores your souls. You know, the sheep get gas in their stomach. They, they turn over and they can't get back up, but Jesus comes along and he'll help you get back up. You know, he cleans the wool from the dirt and excrement and everything else and the filth, you know, uh, that uh, the shepherd does that, you know, and releases that pressure from inside of you, that gas in your tummy. Anybody got gas? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is the last time you're going to invite me. <laughs> he leads me into paths of righteousness. No other livestock needs as much direction as a sheep. You know, all we like sheep have gone astray. You know, if it wasn't for the shepherd, you wouldn't be here today. He's the one that's keeping you on path. Amen. You know, and you keep coming back. You know, no matter how much you stray, he brings you back. If you love Jesus, you'll still make it back. I believe that. Amen. Leads you in the paths of righteousness. Though he, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, valleys have the best food, you know, for the sheep. You know, they, uh, most water is in the valley. There's lilies in the valley. You, you know, the lily, uh, if you look this up, they are used for so many medical uh, uh, reasons, you know, for heart medicine and everything else, you know. So there is, there's a lily in the valley for each one of us who has gone through it. Amen. Amen. My, uh, uh, my daughter couldn't have uh, a baby for about eight years, and we prayed, and God miraculously gave her her first child, but it was after my wife's mother died, you know, and uh, she, uh, before she died, she told my wife, uh, before her mother died, she told my wife, when the baby is born, everything's gonna be okay, you know, and so, uh, she, uh, you know, Grandma McDonald died, and then Lily was born, and uh, not even thinking about it, she was our Lily in the Valley, you know, it's just that, that birth and that new life and everything takes away the pain, you know, in, in a sense. You never forget, you know, and you always love, you know, but having that new life. So she was our lily in the valley. I pray that if anybody has come through a hard time, that you will know of that lily in the valley. But it, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, that that's when God is closest to you Connie, Connie Thorne was a lady in our church. In fact, she was an, one of the ancestors or uh, descendants of, of the, a person on the Mayflower. She, she was one of those uh, people. And before she died, she had cancer, and uh, uh, cancer never left. But the doctor told her she had about uh, six weeks to live when she started coming to the church. We started praying very hard. She lived another eight years, praise God. She saw her boys grow up into men, uh, and she saw the eldest one get married and become a Christian, and then she knew it was time to go home. She started having visions before she died, and she said, if I had the choice of living or seeing the things that I've seen, because I've gone behind the veil, she said, I would rather go to heaven. You know, so there's no fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, I don't believe those first century Christians who died as martyrs, you know, had a horrible death. I believe there was glory. I believe that they saw Jesus in a way that you and I have never seen him. And I just believe they passed from this life to the next. Stephen, when he was stoned to death, he said he, he could see the Lord and he was standing up to receive him. I pray when you and I pass that Jesus will be standing up to receive us. Amen. Amen. That day is coming and we have nothing to fear. 
because he is the good shepherd. And he says, I will go and I will come and get you and take you with me. Because that's what a shepherd does. He comes and gets his people. Somebody say hallelujah. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod is an extension of the shepherd's arm. It's a, it's a stick is what it is, and he can throw it at a sheep, you know. <laughs> and he will do that if a sheep gets close to a, a cliff edge and everything, he'll throw us that rod at him and scare him away from the, from the edge, you know. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you the story uh, that... Uh, one of the uh, guys who used to work with the craze some years ago, uh, you know, uh, Chris Lambriano, uh, I had a call from a lady in the church and, and she was saying to me, can you go and see my husband? He's being abusive. Well, I never knew who this guy was. I said, well, I'll come if he's willing to see, meet with me. And she said, yeah, he's willing. So I came. And this guy uh, was saying, uh, he said to me, he says, just say what you have to say and uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave. So he was a bit abrupt. And I said, well, uh, may I pray for you before I go? And he said, yeah, go ahead. So I put my hand on his shoulder and God threw him across the room. <laughs> now, I didn't know this guy was one of the henchmen that worked with the Cray twins, you know. And I'm sure after I found out that I've got a, a contract on me or something. I don't know. Uh, but to this day, I baptize him sometime later, you know, but it, that was like a, a rod thrown at him to keep it. Because he was, uh, you know, I brought him back to the Lord, uh, you know, and the, he says to this day, I see him every once in a while. He was on television in a documentary recently. Uh, I see him every once in a while. He says, you're the only man that's ever put me down. I said, it wasn't me. Wasn't just so that he wouldn't think it was personal, you know. <laughs> but God will throw a stick at you to get your attention. Amen. You're drinking too much, you wrecked your car, that's a stick. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I didn't hear many amens to that. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, the rod and the staff would come for me. The, the staff is that like hook thing. You know, if a sheep falls into a ditch, you can pull the sheep out. Uh, it also helps you scrape the muck off of the sheep and everything. So your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen? It's, uh, the rod will also scare away predators. You know, if the enemy comes, they, you know, the shepherd can throw a stick at the wolf. Or You remind me of a bear, actually. I don't know why. <laughs> Paul, you got a loving, kind bear face. <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and uh, but yeah, the staff, the rod you can throw at somebody, and the staff you can pull it. The table land is prepared. The Lord prepares the table for me. A table land is like a plateau. God will take you to places of rest. Amen. Before you go on to your next journey. Amen. So he prepares a table for you, for you to rest. You know, it's a lonely job being a shepherd. Jesus was alone. You know, you know, he was by himself. You know, just uh, I remember when uh, I was first called into the ministry and I was having visions and God was saying, 
uh, we were in a house that we bought six months into it, and the Lord said, I want you uh, to go back to the States to Bible college, and I, I broke that to my wife. We had a newborn baby and everything, just moved into our house. And I said, I think we need to go to America. And she said, well, I haven't heard that, but I will follow, you know. And that, that is hard. That's loneliness when you're the only person who hears that or sees it, you know. But God gave her a trust that I heard from God, you know what I'm saying, that I could hear from him. And so we rented out the house, went back to America, went to Bible college, uh, you know. We sold the house while we were away, had enough money to come back and, and start a new life again after I finished uh, theological college. You know, but, uh, you know, God prepares things for us, doesn't he? I forgot my train of thought there, but uh, the thing is, uh, you know, it's a lonely life sometimes if you're the only one hearing what anybody else doesn't hear. So let's give God praise for the ministers of this church. Why don't we do that? I remember uh, a lady come up to Cliff Richard and said, the Lord told me I'm going to marry you. And he said that he didn't tell me that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. You, you got to hear for God, from God yourself. Amen? You do. Okay. So he's got a table land. He gives you a place of rest, you know, leveling out things. You anoint my head with oil. This is so important. Sometimes flies and mosquitoes will get up a, a, a sheep's nose or go into the ear and it causes mucus and everything else. But the, the shepherd comes and he rubs oil into their heads, you know, and sh straight away, uh, you know, there's comfort and there's peace. I mean, as I said before, if, if a sheep has got uh, flies or, or uh, fleas up their nose or ears, it can drive them crazy. But the comforter has come. You know, if it wasn't for the comforter, we'd be all crazy. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. You know, we'd, we'd be all, we'd lose it, wouldn't we? How many of you would have lost it without the Holy Spirit? Amen. God, I will give you another comforter. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The land is better after the sheep leave, you know. And after you and I leave, we need to leave the place better than what we came in. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Forever. Content sheep will never leave the shepherd. Amen. Don't believe the lies of the enemy that he's got better pastures for you. You know, if I lived here in Plymouth, I'd love to belong to this church. It's a wonderful church. You know, people love the Lord here. I see all the young people praising God. There are missionaries and, and musicians, and there's an oncoming uh, uh, company of people who are going to come into ministry here. You know, why? Because this is good ground. This is a good shepherd place because the sheep are being looked after. Hallelujah. It's a good place. 
man. Now, uh, I'm just uh, going to um, sing a song. And after I do this, I'm going to invite you. I wonder what's bugging you. You know, I, I wonder if there's anybody whose business has gone belly up and you, you feel depressed. You know, God wants to minister to you today. You know, he's going to do that. You know, the shepherd, the good shepherd is here and he cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus because he cares for you. Don't worry, the Lamb of God, he gave his life for you and me and the good shepherd is here, amen.